And now, broadcasting through Blue Collar Media, it's time for the Big Bash Podcast. Thanks to the Big Red Bash Birdsville and the Monday Monday Bash Broken Hill. Two big events rocking the outback. Oh, how good is it? And welcome to the Big Red Bash edition of the Big Bash Podcast as we broadcast this podcast from the sand dune of that is known as Big Red at the famous Big Red Bash and it is fantastic to be able to bring you the podcast from the actual site of the Bash podcast. Now, as you know that uh, of the Big Red Bash rather as you know that uh, this uh, podcast is all about this event the Big Red Bash and of course the Monday Monday Bash where we uh, talk to artists, we talk to people who work behind the scenes, people who work as volunteers, people who travel to the Bash and uh, basically it is your podcast so we certainly do thank the many of you that have come up and said g'day to us here at the Bash so far and um, who have already downloaded the Big Bash podcast. Now we have a massive episode for you for our Big Red Bash edition. Joining me very shortly on the podcast, the one and only Jimmy Barnes, who will be who is the headline act here on the 22 uh, Big Red Bash, as well as the Monday Bash, uh, which will be fantastic. And uh, Jimmy Barnes, more or less, is the core of the Big Red Bash. This is his third third appearance here, and he's in for one hell of a shock when he gets here and sees how the numbers have just grown. And we certainly do uh, look forward to talking to Jimmy and get his feelings on what the Big Red Bash means to him. And uh, I know I remember speaking to him on his very first appearance here backstage and he was absolutely blown away by what he was seeing and look if he was blown away then back in 2015 he is certainly going to be blown over the other side of the sand when he sees the crowd that is assembled here for the big red bash this year i'll also have a chat to uh, a bash goer shelly who uh young michelle who basically was booked in to come to the bash last year but in light of the border restrictions uh, had to wait it out and basically deferred her passes uh, until this year and has now made the trek uh, up from Sydney and got herself to the Big Red Bash and we'll see how she's enjoying that as well. You can be a part of it. You just uh, Of the uh, bash, you can send us an email. Just uh, email uh, bigbash at omfgroup.com.au bigbash at omfgroup.com.au and say g'day. You are listening to The Duck. We are broadcasting through Blue Collar Media from the Big Red Bash. How good is it? Uh, you are listening to us here as we look across the sand dune. It is a fantastic event so strap in as we get ready to speak to Jimmy Barnes we love that that's almost become the sound of the big red bash out here of Birdsville and that's because Jimmy Barnes is you could more or less say that uh, he is responsible for what is happening now. There are two artists who stand out for the Big Red Bash, one being, of course, John Williamson, being the very first artist to appear out here at Birdsville. And then, of course, it went to an enormous level in 2015 when Jimmy Barnes performed out here at the base of the Big Red Sand Dune at Birdsville. And I am very happy to say that I've got Jimmy on the line. Jimmy Barnes, g'day, mate. How are you? G'day, mate. How you doing? And what, what go- a bloody setting that is too, eh? That, that, that big sand dune. It's a great thing to play in front of. 
Oh, it's it is incredible, and I remember I remember interviewing you on the radio just before you came out, and then I saw you backstage, and I said to you, "What about this?" And you said, "Mate, this is absolutely great. It was. It's just a. It, there's nothing else like it." And I remember before you came out here, and we we're talking on radio, and you, you you said you you know you weren't sure what to expect to to, to perform out here uh, under that sort of a setting, but. It, Jeez, it ticks all the boxes, does I think artists now are very keen to get out here and do just that. Uh, I mean, it's one one of the great festivals in the world, I reckon. It's, it's like, um, the, as, as far as locations go, it doesn't get any more stark, you know, beautiful. Um, it, it's like nowhere else in the world. I remember flying in and just looking around on the way in. I'm going, look at this place. Look at this desert. It's incredible. And then when we get to the actual setting, to, ha- to find... You know, thousands of people, you know, all from all different types of people gathered in this place to celebrate music and to celebrate, you know, that, you know, that, 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 that festival. It was just incredible. It was one of the, you, one of the great experiences. Yeah. You mentioned, um, you mentioned like the crowds and everybody else. You think about you're celebrating music. Music hasn't, hasn't had a lot to celebrate over the last couple of years, as you know, with the COVID restrictions and border closures oh, and, man. And, and everything. Oh, well, and, and the one thing that you did, Jimmy, which I thought was fantastic, is you basically introduced your home to your, to your fans by those <laughs> live videos and, and, and singing and just entertaining people while they were locked down in their houses. It was a great idea. Did you, did you think it had become that big by doing that? You know what? It started out literally, literally my, my wife, Jane, said to me, she said, um, said, oh, you know, we're going to be locked down. Let's not waste the time. Let's do something constructive. I'm going to learn guitar. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll, learn, I'll learn bagpipes and really drive the neighbors crazy. And, um, and, uh, and, and we thought, you know, we'd just do, we'd do some stuff. And then, you know, after, after a day or so, you know, Jane's Jane learned uh, some chords for a song. And I said, well, what, you know, let's, let's just, you know, we'll, we'll bung it up on socials. I think it was her idea, actually, throw it up on socials. And, um, and we, we, we thought, we might, you know, it might be a nice way to reach out to people who are locked away. You know, there's a lot of people, particularly in, in Victoria at that point, who, who, who were locked away and not seeing their family and stuff like that. And we thought it would be a nice thing to do. And it ended up really sort of really striking a chord with people. Not only did it shock us in how many people it reached, but it ended up not only was our way of, of reaching out, you know, to, to, to make people feel close to each other, but it made us feel close to people as well. And it made us feel close to each other in the house. We, um, yeah. It was a beautiful thing. You know, we'd end up, you know, we'd, just, we'd do a song a day. I think we ended up, you know, we ended up over that period, you know, doing somewhere near 300 songs. And, uh, and there were songs that we... You know, some songs, you know, were, were, were songs that, that I'd sang before, but a lot of them were songs that I never thought I'd be singing, you know, whether it was, you know, one day we'd do Metallica, next day we'd do Doris Day, you know? It was yeah. it was incredible. And and all the songs were just songs that meant something, whether we'd seen our parents do it or we'd seen it from a movie when we were kids. Or... It just seemed yeah. to connect. And every every time we'd put one up, somebody would write back going, that song means the world to me because of such and such, you know. Everybody, everybody was sort of connected to the same things, and it ended up being a way for all of us to stay sort of connected together. It was really good. Yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask you the very. I was going to mention the variation of songs. I mean, it could almost be an album there, Jimmy. I mean, I mean, because no. your version of some of those songs was just, just was just so much Jimmy Barnes, but just to have that. That touch, that sound, and your voice to those classic songs I, was just incredible. I think part of it, though, was definitely that that thing about you know how in that isolation, you know, we all we all opened our minds up. You know, we were broader. You know, I mean, I sang things like I said that 
not only not not that I wouldn't sing them, but you know, I didn't know I was capable of singing them. You know, there were things. You know, I'm used to singing in front of an audience, and you project and you do all this. You know, it's all like big and and outward going. Suddenly, it was just me and Jane sitting here in the house, and you know, we haven't seen anybody for months, and we've just got the little the little telephone leaning up against a, a bookshelf there. And that was our connection to the world, and sort of, so so it made us sort of reach and and do things that we wouldn't normally, and be receptive to things that we wouldn't normally, you know, open up to, which really, in the in the long, for me, broadened my horizons as a human being. Yeah, it was unbelievable. I think a lot of people were well, we were all, we were all in the same boat. So, and not yeah, just in exactly. Australia, it was, it was amazing. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Amazing. yeah. Yeah, we're talking about people all over the world too, not just in Australia. It was just an incredible time and something that'll be looked back on, you know, in years and to come is that moment where everybody was affected by COVID. You, I guess when you think about like you're obviously headlining here at Birdsville this year and as well as at, at Monday in August, but yeah. I guess a lot of the artists coming through and younger artists and some of the artists who, who play, you know, on the early part of the festivals, that... that they, some of those artists did it a bit tough through that time with no gigs, not, not been able to do anything. A lot of people took the opportunity to write some music, but I guess it was yeah. a, a, you would have spared, spared a thought for those artists who were, you know, the ones coming through and the ones that depend on the income of getting out and playing around the pubs and the like. Um, you know, it was, and it wasn't just the musicians. You know, the, when you think about, you know, you guys know uh, you put on shows like, like Birdsville. It's not just the bands that play on it. It's the people who bloody, you know, who, you know, do the catering. It's the people who build the, bring the scaffolding. It's the people who drive the trucks. It's the people who bring the toilets. It's the people who, you know, every aspect of the, of the music industry and, and the entertainment industry that we take for granted involves a lot of hardworking people to put these shows together. And, and, and a lot of those people suddenly, they're, they're, you know, the, the whole, you know, the way of supporting their families was ripped out from underneath them. And some of those people... Have left the industry because they just couldn't, you know, like a lot of other things, they, couldn't, they couldn't sit around and wait. And and so there's some really pe- people who really love the music industry who have moved on or somewhere somewhere else now. So so we lost some good people, but hopefully we'll get some new blood in as well. So uh, when when we um when uh, you know at the time when it happened, you know, we were all actually really um you know we were we were just, I just finished the Cold Chisel tour, I'd finished my tour, and uh, and I was expecting to take a little break and. I didn't expect to be taking a two and a half year break. Though. So it was that uh, was something that was, uh, you know, we, we, touring is something that we all took for granted and we all loved it. And we just, you know, it was always going to be there. But when it was taken away from us, we realized how much it meant to all of us. Yeah, absolutely, and you are right. And in regards to the the people who who do earn an income, not that they're not the star, they're not the performer, but they're earning their income and supporting their family. Um, yeah. You know, based on like you say, the people who who drive the truck, carry the speakers, and do all the all that sort yeah, of work. Every, every aspect really of affected. it, mate. And you just and and everybody like all the, all the punters and and the bands, they go to these shows and they turn up and just expect it all to be there. There's a lot of people behind the behind the scenes who make every show special, and and when you suddenly have to think, ah, you know, I, I appreciate that person's work, you know, I, re, I really, you know, I really, I, I realize how much I depended on those people. It's, it's amazing. I think I think uh, the, you know, as bad as there was times in, involved with all that stuff, I think it really did bring us a lot closer, and it made us appreciate what we have. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Now you've been out and about. What's that been like again to be out performing in in front of people again? Awesome. Which is, it must have been a great thing after two and a half years. Oh man, it was great. I mean, it was really you know, like I said, well, I loved you know, just getting that, get, looking at that, that 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 intimate performance of just looking to the camera. But there's something about when we when you get in front of an audience 
and it's not about showing off. It's not about you know big timing. It's playing in front of a live audience makes you a better performer. Makes you dig deeper in yourself. Makes you work harder. Uh, and uh, and 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 it's, and that performance is not just what I do or what what the bands do. It's that combination of the energy from the crowd and, and the energy from the band getting together and making something special. And that's so you know that's been really great to do that again. When you think back, Jimmy, to those you know cold chisel days and the early days, did you think mm-hmm. that in in twenty twenty two you would still be as popular as you are now? Because it's just like it's there's just no off button. It's just you're just as full on as you ever have been. You know what? I never, I never really thought I was. Um, you know, I never, I never sort of. You know, one of the things when I started, I was I, I joined cultures when I was sixteen, and you know, and I literally thought, well, you know, I, I thought by the time you're twenty one year old, you know. And then mm. I got 21, and I thought, oh, by the time you get to 25, and it just, you know, my audience grew with me, and and my and I found that the more the longer I played, the more I appreciated what I was doing, uh, the better I got at it, and and the more connection I had with the audience. So, and, and, you know, listen, I, I feel really blessed that that you know, 50 years down the track, you know, I'm still I'm still performing. So, you know, I, I really can't complain. I'm I'm very happy man. Well, I hope you've got another 50 in you, Jimmy, because I've been speaking I'm to some going, people. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, well, that's good, mate, because I've been speaking to some people here at the Bash, because I'm out at Birdsville, and you're obviously performing here on Thursday. Now, I can tell you, I've spoken to fans who cannot wait for you to get here, and one, one of them's in year three. As long, as young as that, there was a young bloke here awesome. talking to me. And, and you'd have to think, well, God, you've been around 50 years. You, that, that's longer than he's probably that his parents have been around. And <laughs> here he is. But here he is. Wait, can't wait to, to what you're, you're the highlight. Because I say, who are you waiting for? And Jimmy Barnes, Jimmy Barnes. It, it must be a good thing that, that you, you're this whole, like, it's, they, they, you know, two or three generations of fans. It's, it's just incredible that a young bloke who's probably 13, 14 years old can't wait to see Jimmy Barnes at Big Red. It's a funny thing, you know. I mean, and even I mean, it, it, I, you know, it makes me laugh when I, you know, I bump into kids in the street. And come, like you said, they're twelve years old and they come up to me and they're cold chisel fans, you know. To think mm. that you know that, that that punters would still not only appreciate what we do but really love what we what we've done um, is is, a, is an incredible thing. And I think I think you know, it's, music's timeless. You know, I mean, I still listen to things from from the fifties, you know, <laughs> the forties. You know, just listen to you know Dwayne, you know. Eddie Cochran and you know you name it you know Elvis Presley from the fifties and it sounds as fresh to me as it did as it ever did so yeah I guess you know if you can make some music that sort of puts your little stamp in time somewhere you know you know people will pick it up and it will, you know it'll always come back and come around and people start listening to it again I, I just think the fact that I get that I get out I haven't stopped playing you know I started touring in 1973 and I haven't stopped to this day and I think because I'm constantly reinventing myself constantly working in front of crowds and the show's constantly evolving that, that people sort of, you know, grow and, and, and appreciate it with me. Yeah, I think it's I think you've you've definitely nailed it. You've moved with the times and just you know, and, and adapted to to that time, whatever time that may never, be. Never, you can never sit still, never sit in your hands. You've got to keep moving, gotta keep you know, pushing yourself. Yeah, 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 and you've done it very, very well, mate. You did first perform here in 2015, and I can let you in on a little secret. When uh, Greg Donovan, the uh, promoter of the event, was made redundant at his job, and he was advised to uh, put that money into a, you know, some sort of investment fund, he invested it in you, mate, in 2015, <laughs> and, it, and it paid off. So, which I think's a great thing now. And then you played a couple of years later when it was, you know, the rain affected edition of the Big Red Bash when it was moved into town. 
So yeah. when you get when you get back in, you know, for this year, you I, I, I'm I'm going to make sure I'm back there so I can see your face. I saw your face in 2015 when you looked at it and went, mate, how good is this? You went, this is great. You are in for one hell of a shock, Jimmy, because you. I think at that time, I think there was three or four thousand people here. This event, yeah. I think it's up around twelve thousand. Unbelievable. Is, and you think about, you know, the Sydney Entertainment Centre, which was basically the premier event of Sydney for such a long time, long before all phones or whatever it's called these days come along. And that, yeah. I think that seated 12,000. So, uh, you th- uh, But, you know, you think about having 12,000 people, not only from all around the country, but all over the world, meeting at, at that sort of magical spot. Uh, and, and, and it's becoming a, the event that it has. And there's something to do. It's not. It's not to do with just the band. It's not to do with me. It's, it's a lot to do with Greg having the having the vision to put it on. It's a lot to do with the magic of. This is the most. This is the most isolated festival in the world. People travel from everywhere to be in this this incredible setting. And for a band like us, it's you know you get up there and play, and it's sort of like you look around. It's 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 like no other no other venue you've ever played or or will ever play again. Yeah, you're going to be absolutely shocked when you see it this time. With the plaza set up, and it's a, it's, it's absolutely, it's a well old machine these days. And the way that's set I'm, up, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's fantastic, mate! No, I can say there's plenty of people looking forward to you getting here now. Look, if people haven't uh, aren't here, you you are headlining in the at the Monday Monday Bash. Now, I went to the Monday Monday Bash that was played earlier in the year that was held in light of COVID last year. It was put back to this year. Again, mate, you are going to be impressed there. It's a fantastic setting. Well, listen, I've, I've, I've grew, I grew up playing from Adelaide, dashing up to Broken Hill to play. So I love yeah, that right. area. And I just think that, you know, playing in there, you know, with, with you know, the Orioles and Casey Chamber and John Stevens and Richard Clapton, it's just, it's going to be awesome in that, in, in that setting. I, you know, I mean, you know I, know, I know the area well, and I know that it's, it's sort of... A, you know, like filmmakers go out there to make films out there because it's so gorgeous and stuff. It's so stark and it's so, you know, so unique. So once again, it's one of those things where I can't wait to get on site and just, you know, to be playing music in a setting like that is going to be unbelievable. Yeah, well, I'm, oh, you mentioned filming. I think I think the Oils actually filmed Beds Are Burning out there, the, the video clip for that song out there at Monday. Yeah, so. I'm sure they get, they, get, they get a big connection to it. So, you know, and having them on the bill with us, you know, one of the... One of the, not only my dear friends, but one of the great rock and roll bands in, you know, the world's ever produced, you know. And they're, 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 they're a machine. They're powerhouses. So it's going, to be a, it's going to be a wild few days out there. Yeah, it's going to be huge. And like I say, it's, it's fantastic. A lot easier to access to access for people that they can get to it via sealed roads, which is good. So it opens it up to a whole yeah. new market of people to, to get out and enjoy that outback experience because that's what this has become. It's, it's an adventure getting here and an adventure getting home. And, and just what goes on in the, you know, in the backdrop of the, of the performers with all the festivities around the place, it's certainly one of those events now. And it's it, it's, no, it's unbelievable. I, 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 at the, at the bash, at the big red bash, I, you know, I, I remember I was up talking to people when I was up there, and I said, you know, well, you know, when did you leave to come here? They said, and they said, I'll be left home two weeks ago, and we've we've travelled Australia and looked at Australia all the way through to get here. It was like it was a major part of their lives, you know, one of the major holidays and and adventures of their life to to get to it. And I think both of these venues, both of these, the Monday Monday and the big red bash, both invite people to to stretch themselves out and 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 look at this country that we love. Good on you, mate. Well, that's exactly right, mate. I've got to say to you, I'm certainly looking forward to you uh, arriving out here at Birdsville on Thursday. I know that uh, plenty of other people are as well. Uh, yeah, mate, mate, it's going to be great. Oh, it's going to be fantastic. Safe travels. 
And, mate, we'll, yep. uh, we'll, we'll see you when you get out here at the base of Big Red. I'll see you there, pal. I'm looking forward to it. Good on you, mate. There he is, Jimmy Barnes. And just a reminder, if you've missed the Big Red Bash, you can get get out there and see him in in August out at Monday Monday Bash. It's just as good a setting as this. So jump onto the mondaymondaybash.com website there and grab your tickets. A big thank you for, to Jimmy Barnes for joining us on this week's podcast. Working hard to make a living Bringing shelter from the rain A father son and how good was that chat with Jimmy Barnes? And if you want to get tickets to the Monday Monday Bash, they are, there are still tickets available, so you need to get onto that very, very quickly. Just go to the website, mondaymondaybash.com.au, where you will get your opportunity to catch Jimmy Barnes in the outback. Nothing quite beats it. Now, I mentioned at the top of the podcast that uh, I wanted to catch up with Michelle, who basically is a bash goer and this is her second big red bash and now she was supposed to be here last year but in light of covid and border restrictions she couldn't get across the border to come to the festival and she missed out but rather than uh, accept a, a refund she decided to postpone her uh, big bash big red bash um visit uh, to this year and she's made her way up from sydney to the big red bash michelle how are you i'm good thank you how hey, are you doing i'm going all right you enjoying the bash Loving it. It's very good, isn't it? it? Is. What about those sunsets over the big red sand dunes? Nothing better than an outback sunset. <laughs> they certainly are. And we've been blessed with some pretty good live entertainment, which has been fantastic. And how are you finding it? Yeah, it's great. We um, we came in 2018. That yep. was our first bash. Um, everyone said, you'll go once, you'll get hooked. And we sure did. <laughs> we went home, booked for the next year. Um, and, yeah, so it was cancelled 19. For COVID, couldn't get here for border closures, and we're here now. We're yeah. going to miss it again. Yeah, oh, absolutely. How yeah. good is it? And, and it's funny, you know, you say once you get here, you're hooked. I mean, I've met vet, what I call veterans. Mm. There's people here that have that have been to multiple big, big bashes. I mean, I have myself. I think it's a fantastic event. The trek up, you drove up from Sydney, and uh, it's a bit of an adventure to get here, isn't it? It is. Um, we love our outback travel, so always happy to get away from Sydney. Um, but it, yeah, the trip here and home is part of the adventure of it all. Yeah, absolutely, is an adventure, and you mm. camp a few nights out. You've got to prepare for it, though. There's a, it's um, you know the trap, the, the trip to Birdsville. There's a lot of dirt roads involved, and you can take some extra ones, which I'm sure you did. <laughs> we certainly yeah, did. Yeah, everybody <laughs> loves to get that red dirt between their toes and their tires. That's for sure. So tell us, is it your first night? You were telling me earlier you camped at the Mulga Creek. Pub at Boy Rock, we how was that? did, camped out the back of the pub, open fire, obviously headed into the pub for a few beers and dinner. Yep, and then uh, and then moved on and went up through Hungerford and into the into Queensland. Then, then a bit of a free camp along the way with a stack of other bash Yeah, games. at um, Yulo, just on the river, um, free camp, and yeah, yep. that was... Pretty busy, um, starting to see the crowds for the bash there. Yeah, there's plenty of people yeah. along the way, that's for sure. Bumped into a stack of them myself. And then, obviously, you are into Windor, you go, you fuel up, you camp a night there like uh, most of us do. And then you went to the Batuta pub. What was that like? Well, it would have been good if we could get inside. Yeah. <laughs> um, pretty crowded in there. Uh, but just to, to see the pub, um, last time we came through, it wasn't reopened. Um, yet, so we'll head back out outside of bash time. And, yeah, there you go, yeah. and, then, and then on here to Birdsville, where you're kicking back here at the Big Red Bash, and there's a lot of people here all 
all like-minded people doing what you're doing and uh, yep. everyone seems to be in a good mood. No one's too worried about what's happening in the real world, are they, yeah? No, there's plenty going on back at home. I know, there certainly <laughs> is. I know that for sure. Yep, but um, no, we're just here forgetting about it all, relaxed, um, yeah, and taking it all in. Yep, and, and everything that the festival has to offer. All right, well, you're off for an adventure on the way home, and then, uh, and you are, like you say, an experienced outback traveller. You've got a four-wheel drive um, Facebook page. Just quickly tell us a bit about that. Uh, yeah, um, off the track 4x4, um, Facebook page, Instagram, we've got a website as well, um, off the track 4x4.com and we just share our travels, tips and tricks, things we've learnt along the way, things we've done wrong so you don't do it. Yep. Um, yeah. Um, good stuff. All right. Well, I thought we'd get you on for a quick chat because you are a typical bash goer and uh, there are thousands of people here just like you and uh, enjoying the Big Red Bash. Enjoy the rest of the festival. Thank you very much. There she is. That's <laughs> Michelle from Off the Track 4x4 and uh, you can certainly uh, check out that Facebook page and website. Do yourself a favour and have a look at all of that. That is of course this edition of the Big Red Bash edition of the Big Bash podcast. We're actually going to bring you an on the ground edition very, very shortly so stay tuned for that. You have been listening to The Duck. Just be reminded to tickets are available. If you haven't been to the Big Red Bash this year, you can still get to Monday Monday, it's going to be an absolute cracker. So jump onto mondaymondaybash.com.au and grab your tickets there. Jimmy Barnes, and thank you to him for joining us on this week's podcast. And of course, Midnight Earl headlining the Monday Monday Bash in August. In the meantime, though, we're off to go and talk to some people all over the place here on the ground here at the uh, Big Red Bash in Birdsville. This has been the Monday Monday Bash. A reminder, you can follow our trip as well and what we're up to by just searching the Duck Adventures on Facebook and see what we've been up to out here as well. Till next time, we'll get out there and enjoy the bash. Hope you're doing the same. We will see you soon.